I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Captain Nostalgia. And this is Collateral Cinema and... Victims and Villains. Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Festivus, Happy Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, and whatever you celebrate. And this is Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We're podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and we are a 420-friendly podcast, so whatever you have, you better smoke it because... We're surviving something really, really uniquely bad here for the holiday season. Isn't that right, y'all? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, as is our annual tradition now, uh, Mr. Captain Nostalgia is with us from Victims and Villains. And, uh, yeah, you're, you're here to survive this venture with us, aren't you? God, I... I deep dove into uh this this took me on quite a rabbit trail uh yes i am here to survive this with you guys yes and the movie we are speaking about is kirk cameron's saving christmas a movie i have been just really really wanting to get to ever since we started this podcast very much like how i really wanted to get to the room so we just did it in the first season yeah everything yeah but this right here is arguably the room of Christmas movies. Like, absolutely. Now, I, I believe that this is just so undeniably bad in so many ways, but it, it's in a very special kind of way, you know? And the fact that it's a holiday movie is just icing on the cake, so to speak. So I'm just going to throw this out there super early that I have come prepared with hilarious reviews that i will sprinkle into the conversation throughout and the first one comes via rotten tomatoes from uh christy lemire by the way this holds a zero percent on rotten tomatoes christy says it is the room of christmas movies actually the room is more enjoyable but you get the idea <laughs> oh wow <laughs> this movie in a nutshell actually Ab- absolutely <laughs> i mean this this movie for one it's not really a movie in the traditional sense is it not i mean it's it, it, mostly padding <laughs> it's mostly padding and kirk cameron bullshitting his way through whatever these arguments are i don't even know we'll get into these here in a little bit but i'm just like (laughs) what exactly is he going for here i mean this is so unlike any other so-called war on christmas movies it it is uniquely (sighs) bad i might i might add i don't i don't think anybody unironically enjoys this movie except for a very small target demographic that this movie was written for 
uh, they're an echo chamber. We encounter some of them on in our local community chat. Oh, yes, quite a few of them. I and know quite a few people that I think would actually enjoy this unironically. And apparently, Kirk Cameron has, like, millions of fans on social media, so somebody enjoys this. There is a very specific demographic. Yeah, specifically just Kirk Cameron supporters. I mean, <laughs> it's such a small, marginal group online and everything that i mean it's it's kind of surprising that this movie was even made because it's such a marginal amount of christians even it's it's just this tiny very angry very loud yeah portion of of i don't know fundamentalist uh extreme right wing like it, it's where you see that like overzealous evangelical angle right exactly exactly so as as the the only Christian on this this podcast, I am a practicing Christian on this podcast. Um, I, I hate talking about these types of movies with other Christians because I'm always kind of like deemed like in the wrong by the majority of people because I. I, I don't know. I think there's like this unspoken rule of the church that like if it like does stuff like this it's supposed to like be good and the thing about it being a christian and being a cinephile is is that all of christian movies are they're bad they're bad acting <laughs> they're bad writing they're bad editing they're bad cinematography like i've never walked out of a christian movie and been like wow now before any christians uh come at me i've not seen any of the chosen I've seen cinema, I've seen like clips of it. The cinematography is probably the one exception I would make to that rule. I've heard it's like a really like quality show made to where like each episode is like a million dollars. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Like this is like looking up on like Rotten Tomatoes and like the fact that this holds a zero percent from the critics, but also a thirty percent from Rotten Tomatoes, like. Ash, that emphasizes your your point about this being made for like a, a very marginal uh, group of people to where I'm like 30 percent like even feels like too high. Yeah, there's actually an explanation for that. Yeah. Why it's even 30 percent because Kurt Please Cameron. Please lay it on me. <laughs> Kurt Cameron Kurt... astroturfed this. So, yeah, Kurt Cameron was, insisted that this movie was review bombed by atheists and, and non-believers and so asked his followers to review bomb the movie, <laughs> but the opposite oh way. Oh, my goodness. Wow. It's it's such like, such a why? juvenile response, right? <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? So yeah, that's that's why there's a thirty percent because that group I I don't think even accounts for thirty percent of Christians and certainly not thirty percent of people that have watched this movie or the, just the movie going populist in general. I mean, right, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that's there's there is there is no way um, that that is where that number comes from. And man, if this movie isn't just a bunch of ham-fisted hogwash, I mean, it is the most like. It is some of the worst examples of taking scripture and just interpreting whatever you want out of it. Are you sure that this even scripture that he's talking about? I don't he's know. Coming, it's been a while. Oh, he's, oh. he's coming. Look, look, let me look. If we guys are, we're gonna get into this now. Let me just say that some of the the scripture that like because I, I 
I watched this movie and then like I would text like other Christian friends I had and I'm like, hey, I'm watching this movie. Like, I want to get your thoughts on this. And I just I felt like some of the connections that they like are making in this movie connected to the Bible are like stretching so aggressive. And this movie, I walked out of this movie like you guys probably like were like, oh, yeah, like this movie was it was it was dumb. It was funny. I walked out of this movie like like just angry. No, I was uh, angry as well. Actually, yeah. <laughs> Bo and I were yelling at the screen the entire time. <laughs> yeah, we were yelling just like, really, Kirk? Really? There is no yeah. hot chocolate in that mug, Kirk. <laughs> Uh, I think, uh, and I, I am also like, I'm going to turn my, my, uh, I, before we jump into like the, like the, the quality of this movie about like, I mean, we're already talking about it, but, um, I, can you guys see me right now? Uh, pull up zoom. I, I, I need to know like, what is the deal with this subplot right here? Don't look at me. Oh, yes. <laughs> the, the, the conspiracy <laughs> theorist, uh, like talking about the war on Christmas with the cup up over their faces. Yeah, it's... and <laughs> so much so that they made the post credit scene. Exactly. Okay. It, what's weird is that they're made out to be conspiracy theorists. Like, they're actually it's like a self own. He makes a point. What does he say? Like, uh, I believe it just because it was on Fox news. Yeah. That's like <laughs> self own yeah. of the century right there. I'm just like, why? Like, what are you doing? Kirk? Are you fucking with us here? Yes. I, what, what is the takeaway? Because, you know, I watched that and I'm like, yeah, I agree. That's a bunch of bullshit. And then he spouts it later. Exactly. And so it's like, a, what are you supposed to think that they're just the the charming, more uh, eccentric Christians? You know, <laughs> and there's such a disconnect there between you know, like what Kirk Cameron is actually arguing here versus what they're bringing up, which kind of really makes it absolutely feel like it's veering into parody. And I'm just like, Kirk, what are, are what are you really? doing here what is your angle doing like doing this scene yeah so here's time for another time for another rotten tomatoes quote this comes from uh peter saboski over at RogerEbert.com, and i couldn't agree more with this oh. he says quote perhaps the only christmas movie i can think of especially of the religious themed variety that seems to flat out and endorse materialism greed and outright gluttony the very fact that this movie essentially tries to like manipulate like the holy word of God, the very thing that is supposed to uh, celebrate this season and uh, like twist it to like give excuses for why we, we hang Christmas trees and why we, we hang lights on Christmas trees, why Santa Claus is involved and all these other things like it just – I, I couldn't agree more. Like this, this thing just kind of seems to really like embrace uh, materialism because like there's another movie that was made a, f a few years after this movie. And it essentially, it like is made from like other Christians, but it's told from the perspective of uh, Wiccans and 
practicing uh, practicing witches and atheists and history historians and and like other Christians and uh, you know they're they're asking like this big question is like well if Christmas is really about Jesus, then how come he seems like such an afterthought for the majority of us and we're the ones that give get the gifts versus him? You know, if it's really his birthday. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't know. This movie is just um, I think you said it best. It, it, it's stretching. Um and 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 then yeah, the, just the blatant support of just gross materialism is 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 disgusting. That that bit at the end where it's like hang your fanciest or you know get out your fanciest china and like really Kirk, that's your takeaway? Seriously? You even raised the point earlier of what we could be doing. Like, yeah, that that's what I'm about to talk about right there. There's that scene with Darren Doan uh, in in the car, which is the majority of the movie, and Kirk Cameron finds him, and then he laments about you know all the you know with all of this materialism and all this consumerism and you know spending all this money and everything. We could have you know dug wells, we could have you know fed children and whatnot. But then just right out of the gate, after all of that, after this sentiment, that's actually a really really good point. He's Kirk Cameron is just like you're wrong. And then it's just you're just oh, you're it's all like, wrong. You're all wrong. It's like oh no, Kirk. It's like wait that that that's isn't that exactly what Christmas is supposed to be about? I and mean, they never address that. They try to spin how like some of the pagan origins are. Well, actually, if you think about it this way, that is just fiction. Fictional. You're you're making a fictional connection. Then you know you can see it as as a from you can see it as a it's actually Christian and it's like what, but they go out of their way to try to explain that which, whatever, but you're not even going to address the legitimate concerns like yeah you you could be helping people, right Ex exactly and that yeah that's never once brought up after that it's just and then they double down the and say consume more and like what how. <laughs> I, I, you know, even as a Christian, I think I would be angry at this movie, like like you were. You know, like it, it's just it's I I can see why that would inflame me because it inflamed me already <laughs> as an atheist. Yeah, it, it's weird because it's it's con it's a confrontational movie about something that just doesn't need confronting yeah. in the end. You know. And, and it's coming at it with this wrong-headed, you know, misinformed perspective that, I mean, I, I just, it's it's a unique flavor of wackery. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I don't know what to really say to most of it. <laughs> and then it ends with a dance number and that's... Oh, uh, yeah, just a slap in the face. Not just a slap, it's a dick slap to the face. That's Kirk Cameron slapping us with his dick. That That is Kirk Cameron slapping us with his dick. That's exactly what that is. 80 minutes of dick slapping. Oh, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, like, that's one of the things that, like, if I'm, like, being honest, I... I it's really hard for me sometimes to, like... I don't say necessarily identify as a Christian, but to, like... I kind of get pigeonholed with like this image that people think because it seems like around Christmas time, it's like 
uh, you know, we use the excuse. There's like we to bring it back to our our conversation on Violent Night. There's Christmas magic. Like something happens in the world where people are nicer, uh, they're more patient, and you know you can kind of use the excuse. Well, ah, it's Christmas, man. Like have a heart and kind of thing. And like I feel like the church also adopts that mentality. And like I'm looking right now at uh, there's a there's a section of scripture in Matthew 25 where Jesus is telling this parable, uh, and uh, he specifically talks about you know when I was hungry and you gave me something to eat, I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink, I was a stranger and you invited me in, and if I needed clothes, you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came and visited me. Then the righteous will answer. Lord, when did you see hungry and feed you or be thirsty or give you something to drink? Uh, and then he goes back on a few verses later after they've recounted that verse 40 and says, the Lord, the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you do for one of the one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And like, I think that's one of the hardest things that like we as Christians, like grapple with is that like we think that like because church numbers are increasing on christmas and on easter those are the times that we're supposed to kind of take this example and no like this is supposed to be like a lifestyle like there's supposed to be like actual proof and like evidence that something in your life has changed has manifested and that the lord is actually doing a work in your life and it outpours into the lives of the the less needy um you know a lot of the things that that he talks about with like you know digging wells and like helping third world countries and feeding the homeless like those are things that like those are issues that don't just exist at christmas time those are issues that exist and should be treated year round 100 percent absolutely yeah yeah and and that's the side of christianity that i can actually jive with and it's just too bad that we don't get to see that in the world of cinema ever yeah well i mean kirk cameron is just that particular flavor of fundamentalist you know i mean they're they're <sighs> not they're not basing anything really on scripture it's all really just their own opinion and interpretation of you know just snippets of it yeah. you know and, and that's blatantly obvious here, you know, like, especially with the fact that, you know, the what uh, Darren Donuts, by the way, the, the dude's name is Christian White. <laughs> and he wants way. you to know that he fucks <laughs> Kurt Cameron's wife. Absolutely. Oh, man, he's, he's slaying that big dick energy with uh, Kurt Cameron's uh, sister, like all the way. Sorry, his sister. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what I meant to say. He wants you to know. No, he, he, no, he does both, actually, because Kurt Cameron is 100 percent a cuckold. So he fucks Kurt Cameron's sister. And he fucks his wife. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, that he's got all the BD. Jesus Christ, man. But yeah, I mean, he he just brings up all these great points, and then it's just all slapped away, you know. And no, and no solution is given for any of that. We don't know why. Like, what should we do? What does Scripture say? It's all just you know, Kurt Cameron bloviating about his particular ideology regarding christmas is it even his because i don't think he wrote he, i know he didn't direct it and i don't think he wrote this movie either no he co he co-wrote this i think or yeah or co-produced it or something but i know he's involved but did, yeah how, how, what 
Let me look. Let's look it up real quick. Yeah, look that up because oh, I got I got Rotten Tomatoes here. All right, so uh, this movie is written by Cheston Harvey and Darren Dome. So okay. this movie is does not uh, he he's not even a producer on this movie. He is straight up a just a star. Wow. What the fuck? I mean, okay, so hold on. It's like, why is it Kirk Cameron's saving Christmas then? <laughs> yeah, he neither wrote nor directed this film. That Kirk, Kirk, this movie is full of lies. Lies and bullshit. That is all that it is. And and a dance number with a song that's admittedly maybe kind of sort you of You couldn't bummer. even put hot chocolate in the fucking mug. Well, it is nothing so- but lies. So I think uh, I think for the majority of it, the reason why it's Kurt Cameron's Saving Christmas is because if I think it's a marketing ploy, honestly, um, yeah, yeah. I, I stand corrected. He is an executive producer uh, on the movie, uh, but yeah, like it would, you know, back in the day, like remember like when it was like cool for like horror movies to have like. John Carpenter presents Wes Craven presents. I think it's kind of the same thing is like that, you know, you're more like from a marketing standpoint, you're more likely to see a movie called Kirk Cameron's saving Christmas over just saving Christmas because, well, you recognize the name Kirk Cameron. He, it, by this point, he's made, you know, the the Left Behind trilogy. He's done Fireproof. Um, he has the nostalgia factor of Growing Pains. So, you know, he he's really made a, a, a life a name for himself. So that would be the reason why. Okay. It's like sort of his his brand, so to speak. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But still, okay, I still blame him for this because he said those words. He read that script and he funded or helped fund and made some executive decisions regarding this movie. Yes, no, we we lay the blame squarely on at his feet. One hundred percent. Like like I'm already thinking like like we're we're not we're not gonna put we're not gonna title this episode Darren Dones Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas. No, this is Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas. All the blame is on so, you, Kirk. You were the poster boy. So here's the problem with movies like Saving Christmas, especially when you're telling something from uh, a religious perspective, and this doesn't just go for this movie, but this would go for like, uh, you know, docuseries or documentaries, especially where you're unloading a bunch of information and you are telling it from your perspective as the filmmaker. So the audience is only experiencing one side. And so if like listeners, you actually like are interested about like, wanting to understand the actual like historical roots of Christmas of the holiday of the traditions of like the lore that has kind of been built upon it with Santa Claus and elves and stuff like that. And kind of like the, the, the part that the church actually plays in it, I would recommend the documentary, the Christmas question uh, It's the documentary I referenced earlier because it, it has such a, um, 
a balanced view of it to where it's telling stories from from history it's telling stories uh from like actual historians theologians uh you're just sitting down and talking with people that are actually actively questioning whether or not they should be celebrating christmas as christians people that have decided to keep celebrating people that have walked away um people that are uh practicing uh paganism uh, witchcraft Wiccan like I mean it's it's a really well done documentary and the way that it kind of balances the information out it allows you as the viewer to make the choice for yourself on uh what how you feel about Christmas with the information and I think that's kind of the the biggest crux that I hate about this movie is that like it's told from like the like a one-sided like point of view for 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 Christianity and as a Christian, I don't identify it. I don't agree with every point. I don't agree with at almost any point that's made in this. Um, we talked about this in, in our final night episode, but like Christmas to me now as an adult and as a as a uh, as a practicing Christian is it's about family. Like I could honestly, I, I don't care what people get me. I truthfully don't. Um, so like I'm looking for anything. Yeah, but you know. Uh, it's it's no longer about the gifts and kind of stuff. It's like I want to see family and want to laugh and I want to create memories. Family, family, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel that one hundred percent. I'm copacetic with that. But I mean, the thing about this movie right here is that he's trying to basically redefine Christmas as a cultural institution first. You have to remember, this is still a culture war movie, one hundred percent. So that's really what it is. It's a it's about establishing a narrative. And his narrative is like let, let's go over some of the arguments here like the whole narrative about the swaddling cloth being also the burial cloth and now that bookends Jesus's life and somehow that's significant or something. I, I I don't even know what he was going for there. Or the Christmas trees are crosses because crosses are made out of wood. Something like that. Or, you know, oh, well, but hey, uh, check, checkmate atheists. God, God created, created the winter, winter solstice. solstice. <laughs> <laughs> checkmate so, atheists. So this is the thing that like going like the, the, the point in the, I had to walk away from this movie several times because I got so heated. Um, and the, uh, the Christmas tree argument was like one of my biggest walkaways moments because I was like, dude, I was like, that is stretching. So in, in Romans chapter five, Paul lays out this, uh, this in his letter, he basically discusses how God created Adam and with Adam brought forth as first man brought forth the ushering of, of sin. And the you know jesus coming and taking on the cross put a put a uh that was the finality of sin and you know sin still existed but it was like this like you know god nailed it into the cross um to where like man could like be free essentially and be like pure within the pure blameless in the eyes of god as ephesians tells us and it's this like this parallel of how like Christ kind of out um undid all of the wrong that uh Adam had, had presented. And that argument is felt like such a like 
Paul wrote this in, in Romans, like, let's run with this uh, kind of the mentality. And I was just, uh, dude, it, it infuriated me, like, for real. Yeah, absolutely. I can see why. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, this this movie is <laughs> infuriating. But then at other times, it's just like, what is going on? Like, I can't help but laugh for, for different reasons than Kirk Cameron ever intended. Yeah, definitely. Weird how there's that, that that dichotomy with this movie. You're either angrily yelling at it or you're laughing at the sheer absurdity of it. I know. <laughs> I mean, especially when it comes to like his whole thing with Santa Claus. Now, that is where the movie really goes off the rails for me because, I mean, <sighs> this guy, as they're presenting them... Is, is is harming assaulting other people because they don't believe exactly the same thing he believes is that an example that we're looking up to it, in physical the violence the stupid thing is is like you know they're, they're referencing saint nicholas of myra it's like there's not even any real clear evidence that he was even at the council of nicaea which is where that this took place that was where the nicene creed was established you know establishing you know the divinity of christ and you know the uh the uh, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and whatnot. You know, that was all pretty much set in stone there. But, I mean, it, and Arius wouldn't have even been able to speak there because he wasn't a bishop. So <laughs> it's, it's already fundamentally wrong, historically speaking, just from the get-go. <laughs> you know? I mean, th there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of talk about, you know, the origins of Santa Claus historically, you know. I mean, it's pretty complicated. It's more like a combination of, like, Germanic and, uh, Germanic and uh, Dutch pagan traditions and German Lutheranism. Man, That's where I like it the violent Christmas or the violent, violent night version better. Yeah, the violent night version is awesome that, he's, <laughs> that he has some Nordic uh, origins. Apparently, there's some pushback against the whole, you know, Santa Claus is derived from uh, Odin thing you know mainly because odin's sleigh never flies or something like that so there's some you know debate about that i think maybe like mythology's probably got mixed up a little bit and, and a lot and, of it. and real historical events to some extent you know yes it, it, that's really what it is but it's like when he's talking about this it's like well you realize that there's like numerous different uh you know, figures like this throughout the world that aren't necessarily, you know, tied to, you know, these traditions, you know, like, like, I mean, I think even Father Christmas in uh, the UK is a completely different, you know, character from uh, what we consider Santa Claus, you know. Do you ever feel like Christmas has been hijacked? Hey, uh, where's Christian? How's he doing? Is he okay? Oh, he's fine, really. He's just... He's just not into Christmas this year, that's all. By all the commercialism and those who want to replace Merry Christmas with Happy Holidays or Season's Greetings, whatever that means. You okay? This is not what Christmas is all about. Some want to pull down every manger scene and tell us why our favorite Christmas traditions are wrong. Newsflash, not in the Bible. That's a pagan idol symbol. It was the winter solstice. Jesus was not born in December. It's exactly what the Druids did. It's like a carjacking, but like of our religion. And guess what? Santa got in the car, kicked Jesus out, and was like, rolling, 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 and took, and took it. Isn't it time somebody spoke up? Everything you see inside there, it's all about Christmas. It's all about 
Jesus. I know you love Christmas and you want it to be all about what it's all about. This Christmas, dive headfirst into all of the joy, the dancing, the celebration, the feasting, the imagination, and traditions that glorify the true reason for the season. Ooh, work, Holy Spirit. Ha! Can I get an amen? I see the scales are falling off. Glory! Ah! Glory! Mm. Join me and my family, and together, let's put Christ back into Christmas. Yeah, it's also crazy, too. Uh, One of the things that I learned in the process of, like, actually doing research on some of these um, traditions is... Uh, how closely tied, like the the concept of of Santa Claus and Krampus actually are. Oh yes, um, Krampus is like the best part of all of that. I think. Yeah, it, it's 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 wild to me because like I had never heard the legend of Krampus until I was well into adulthood. Yeah, yeah, and. Same here. And I I think that's largely because like we as like as a uh, a western culture like we try to like sugarcoat especially within the church about like what what santa claus who santa claus is um you know i i uh, you guys talk about violent night i um an underappreciated classic i i feel like in my opinion is is uh fred claus i thought paul giamatti was a, a great santa claus yeah yeah and uh <laughs> just like Paul some Giamatti. of his like origin stories yeah it's wild nice um but yeah like in like the actual like herb like beginnings of santa claus like santa claus and uh krampus were essentially like god and the devil like if you were good you got a visit from santa claus if you were bad you got an you you got uh, a visit from Krampus. Like it was as simple as that. And over the years, like we've kind of like separated those two. And it's mostly my understanding is that like Krampus is mostly like a legend from like uh, Eastern uh, mythology. Am I, am I wrong in thinking that? Eastern? I I always thought Krampus was a more Germanic well, yeah, that's know. what I mean. I mean, it's, yeah, it's east of us here and east of us, east yeah, of yeah, us it's here. Eastern. Yeah, yeah, it's, so. it's it's definitely Germanic in origin, but but like I said, it's also a little bit of uh, Dutch folklore and also a healthy dose of uh, German Lutheranism. And in fact, a lot of uh, the traditions of Christi uh, of the Christian uh, side of Christmas and a lot of the that that we usually associate with Christmas that comes from Lutheranism, mm. mostly. Yeah. So I mean, there there's some. There's a little bit of debate as to, you know, where, you know, those folkloric traditions kind of converted into religious traditions, you know, in a modern sense. But, you know, there, there's several instances, you know, like, for instance, Saturnalia with the Romans and everything. And I was you know, in uh, Latin in high school. Uh-huh. And uh, we always did Saturnalia. That was a thing. Oh, for real? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was that's pretty cool. cool, actually. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the fact of the matter is this... Sh- this 
whole holiday has a much more complicated history than people really give it, you know? Christmas has... It's uh, very complicated. Yeah, it's like a marriage of Lutheranism and paganism and... <laughs> All kinds of other stuff and even, like, newer traditions, you know? Yeah. You know? I, I, you know, I think that that's actually what's kind of really cool about it is it's a it's a marriage of these cultural ideas you know so it appeals to a lot of people's mental health and a lot of different demographics yes exactly kurt cameron's idea of christmas does not no that's a maddening take on christmas <laughs> yeah you bring up mental health man if you guys want a healthy mental health don't watch this movie please there's oh. a reason that it's free on like five or six streaming networks <laughs> Yeah, we watched this on Tubi, actually. Uh, yeah, same. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not a, a, the part of the reason that, like, uh, as I've gotten older, like, I wouldn't necessarily say that, like, I've stopped celebrating Christmas, but Christmas has definitely changed its roots for, like, it's changed what it means in my life. And I think it's because of that uncertainty of not knowing really where it came from. Yeah. Um, you know, because I, I spent, I've, I've been in the church since I was old enough to talk and, you know, I've definitely had my ups and downs with churches. I've definitely like walked away and like, you know, wanted nothing to do with the church. I've invested, you know, my, my, uh, my extra time in doing ministry. Like I, I've definitely had ups and downs with the church. I've, I've had my share of church hurts, uh, bitterness, et cetera. And like, I say all that to say that like church emphasizes, especially Christianity emphasizes that like you have to celebrate Christmas because uh, it's, it's the birth of Christ. And you know, that's, that's not historically like true. Right. Um, I mean, historically, like like if you, (laughs) if you look from the text, wouldn't it have been like in the spring or something? Yeah. The shepherds wouldn't have even been out and about if it was winter. Yeah. So a lot of people, a lot of people, some of the arguments that I've, I've come across with like, uh, theologians is like, some people say that it would have been like July. Um, other people think that, um, the conception day would have been March 25th. Um, but it's originally it would have been March 25th. Um, and so like nine months from March is December. So that's the reason why we, we have this guesstimation of when Christmas is. Okay. However, Christmas is, as we now know it today, actually, uh, was not on the, uh, if I, I'm pretty sure I, I remember this right. Um, but Christmas as we know it today was not actually on December 25th. It was actually on, uh, either December 22nd or 23rd. Um, and I, rem- I forget who instituted that originally. Um, but I think it's around, uh, like right around, like it's somewhere between 600 and like 1200 BC, uh, or 80, sorry. They, um, they essentially like established that Christmas was going to be this day. And then, um, certain events kind of over time have pushed it, um, together. And so like the concept of actually celebrating Christmas on December 25th, wasn't, uh, even around until like 13 or 1400. 
yeah. um, AD, and I, I could be completely wrong on that, but I, I do know that like time has shifted and like it's not this like revolutionary idea that we've always celebrated Christmas on December 25th. It's actually um, history shows it being quite different if you actually look into it. Yeah. And that's what makes Kirk Cameron's arguments about the historical precedent behind Christmas so infuriating because I mean, it is a historical for one, but it, 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 it just does not take into account that, you know, traditions and stuff like this it involves over time Mm -hmm. you know i mean even from christian traditions and that's just something that he doesn't take into account like not not even in the slightest sense and 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 that's why it's it's just so easy to poke holes through all of this yeah yeah it's 100 percent easy to poke holes everything he says and by the way most of the movie is two guys sitting in a car and then some and then padding there there is a lot of stalling lots of stalling. yo can you guys please like i don't know if you guys like this up but i was so curious to know like what the budget of this movie was because you're right like the 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 entirety of this movie is two guys talking for the like 80 percent of this movie like the majority of this budget of what i would imagine went into like some of like the sets and like the costume designs of like the flashback is like cameron's talking but this movie has to have like i I would imagine like the majority of this movie like cost two hundred dollars i like to imagine that when Kurt Cameron like sent this to the distributor originally. It was just him and Darren talking in the car. They're like, "No, you got to change this." <laughs> I have it up here on Google. It says uh, its uh, budget was five hundred thousand U.S. dollars. It made two point eight million dollars on a five hundred thousand dollar budget. Jesus, <laughs> they made money off of it. They made their money back in more on this. Jesus fucking Christ! Come and, on, and really? Just, this movie did. It's essentially just. Kirk Cameron having a goddamn Christmas house party. That's the entire reason that they made this was so he can have a fully funded you know, you know, Christmas party. <laughs> with, with, with how many families? All yes, several yeah. families and Uncle Bill or whatever. And Uncle Bill, <laughs> Uncle Bill, who uh, probably shouldn't be around children. Yeah. Look, from someone that just went through the uh, the house party franchise earlier this week for the first time, uh, this is essentially house party six. They uh, <laughs> they just ran out of ideas. You know, they're like, you know what, we haven't done a we haven't done a Christmas party. Yeah. I think it's time. And then, like somewhere along the lines, like in development, Kirk Cameron was like, I have a better idea. What if we brought the the house party crowd? But we spun it with preaching. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's mind-blowing, bro. <laughs> I'm like, we're like Darren Doan, and you're like Kirk Cameron, and our minds are blown. Yeah, Darren Doan, <laughs> he who has no credulity, what's, no credulity whatsoever. Seriously, it's he like, immediately accepts all of these ideas, these co- weird contrived analogies. He's just like, Wow. I had never seen the whole thing with the swaddling cloth. Of, of course, course you, you haven't. <laughs> it's not an argument. It's not <laughs> a point. It's a pointless yeah, uh, observation. Like, all right. Like also too, like 
I'm at this point now where it like in my faith is like the reason that I believe my faith is as strong as it is, is because it's like, I I'm now in this like church environment and community that we're not just like taking people at their words. And, but you know, we're actually saying like, Hey, like test this, uh, like actually go forth and like do research on like everything that we, we say, like, you know, do word studies, look at the history, look at the context uh, of what's going on, not only in the scriptures, but cross reference it. And then also at the same time, look at its history. And this guy is just like, like these guys said, like, it's just like everything that like Kirk Cameron's laying out. He's just like, you know what? You're right never thought about it like this and it's like dude no that's it's it's not how you're like you're supposed to do it like you're just kind of carrying on the idea of church which in and of itself like i i understand that like it it has its ups and it has its downs and it has its place and but you know it also at the same time should like teach people to how to like make their faith their own and like make their own like understandings and judgment calls on literally everything that you are teaching them. Well, the thing is, is that in many ways, this is also a kind of a prosperity gospel kind of, uh, ideology in a way, right? Yeah. Like if, especially with the whole angle about materialism and consumption and whatnot, it's like, I mean, that, that just seems to be the message that he's going for. Right. Like at first, right. Yeah. And then they just, he just immediately dismisses that. They never address it again and then doubles down on the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like spinning that whole yarn like near the end where uh, Darren Doan is on the floor looking at the presence and he's like, yeah, that looks like the skyline of a city. It's like of the new city, the new Jerusalem. And it's like, oh, now we're getting into eschatology, Kirk, really? Are we <laughs> right. going there now? It's like, uh, yeah. Oh, there, there's no doubt about this. This is the prosperity gospel. And the ironic thing about this movie is that if the, given the fact that it is going after the prosperity gospel, this is like five, six years, like way too late because the prosperity gospel, like the concept of celebrity preachers really had its heyday back in like, 2009 2010 um with you know like mark driscoll joel olstein they uh you know like names like that and like the fact that this came out in 2014 it's like do you remember the prosperity gospel <laughs> get ready for 80 full minutes yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, I'm old enough to remember the original uh, televangelists from the late 80s, early 90s, you know, like uh, Robert Tilton and Benny Hinn and uh, who, who else? Uh, like the early uh, Cornerstone Church and oh. Hagee and all them. Oh, it's like Hagee. that. There, you can make that direct line to the prosperity gospel from that particular type of preacher, you know? Yeah, Tim so, and... Uh, um uh, Tim and uh, Tammy Faye Tammy and Faye uh, Baker, her husband yeah. Baker and her Jim husband yeah. Jim Baker. Oh yeah, I remember them very very well. Oh no, like my mom actually knows one of Hagee's family members, and I've got some dirt on Hagee. My, actually, no, my my family <laughs> had some involvement in one of Hagee's early churches as well, and they know some things as well. So they probably know the same shit that uh, your family knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one of those things that's like. 
Um, yeah, we, we probably won't air it on the podcast, but yeah. I do remember one time back in the day when, when we were going to church all the time, we went to church with my uh, grandmother's uh, family and we went to a local barbecue joint and the Hagies and their entourage came in and we bailed. We got the, we got the fuck out of there. Like that's how bad the blood was there. Yeah. So that's just all I'm going to really say about that. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you can make that direct line from that particular flavor of pastor because I mean they they got really really rich off of their ministries back in the day as well. I mean, for for Christ's sake, look at what uh, the bakers were doing. Yeah. They 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 had an amusement park if I remember. <laughs> they they attempted to build an amusement park. Yeah, it, it stands. Uh, no, a, sorry, abandoned they, now. They they did uh, do an amusement park and it is abandoned now. You're right. A lot of people got swindled out of. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, God damn it. So there's a Ponzi scheme on top of it. Sh- Jesus. <laughs> Sounds about right, though. I mean, and, and yeah, when you get to the prosperity gospel, I mean, that's when that's when it just almost became like too big to fail banks in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's how big their operations become. Have become. And, yeah. and, and of course, uh, Olstein didn't even open his yeah, church, church to hurricane victims. Mm hmm bastard <laughs> but yeah and, and then you have this movie which i don't know in many ways when it comes to war on christmas movies it's kind of benign in some ways it's infuriating but like we said they kind of make fun of that particular flavor of war on christmas conspiracy theorism in the movie it's just i, I don't know if it's on purpose but they they do go there yeah. so I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I, that, that's what I think anyways. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, I mean, there's probably not a whole lot more to say about Saving Christmas. Um, any final thoughts, Captain Nostalgia? You guys, yeah, you guys want some more uh, rapid fire uh, reviews? Oh, yeah, just, let's, yeah, just let's give, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah give us all of them. That's I mean, actually perfect. It. Yeah, that's the perfect way to end this. All right, so uh, these are not from critics, but these are actually going to be from uh, letterbox reviews. All right. Um, so I have I have three of them, and I will end on a I will end on a uh, if I can get my arrow back, I will end on a Rotten Tomatoes quote <clears throat> to the room and every other one and a half star film I've ever rated. I'm sorry. I was wrong. You could have been worse. You could have been saving Christmas. Uh, before I, before I read this, uh, before I read any more of this, I, I just want to address one final thing about this movie. Yeah. Did you, did you guys like have to fast forward the the dance montage at the end? Oh no, it we was watched just... the we watched the entire fucking thing, the entire thing, and the post credit scene. Yes, it was. I, I watched the post credit scene, but the uh, it, it honestly, honestly was too like cringe for me. Like I, I I feel like I can handle cringe if it's like comedy for comedy purposes, but I came away from this one. I was just like. 
no, I can't do it, man. Like I, I walked out of the room and like I was gone for like five minutes, came back. It was still going. I was like, all right, this, this is why God gave us the fast forward button. I'm going right. to, I'm going to say this. The song is not the worst version of angels. We have heard on high that I've heard. And I, I absolutely despise Christmas music. So I will give it that it's kind of a banger. If very badly mixed. <laughs> I mean, it's catchy. Yeah, okay, it, it, that's that's worth something. Yeah, but do do continue, Captain Nostalgia. All right, so let's go on. Um, this is how this is. I also want to put this out there that uh, this next letterbox review spoke to my soul. <laughs> this is free on Amazon Prime, and I still feel like I got ripped off. <laughs> I I watched it on Tubi and 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 it's like the ads came on and I'm like God damn it this is paying Kirk Cameron right now uh, damn it and, and we're not even paying to watch this yeah I guess I misspoke because I only had those two but I I will end there are I will end on that case I will end on two Rotten Tomatoes quotes this next one comes from Paul. M. Bradshaw of Digital Spy, and he says, by the time the filmmakers and their entire families have brought this movie to a close, you just feel sorry for them. <laughs> very sorry. I, I, very much so. Yeah. Uh, and the last one I will, re I will reach you is uh, comes from Alzando Duranto. I don't know if I said that name right, from the rap. And he says... <clears throat> Had Saving Christmas run any longer, Kurt would have no doubt have found a way to find the divinity in Frosty, Rudolph, the Grinch, Peppermint Bark, the Elf on the Shelf, Frosted Cranberry Hand Soap, and Mr. Hanky, the Christmas Poo. <laughs> yeah, where, where does that fit into God's plan, Kirk? Hank, Mr. Hanky, the Christmas Poo. That is brilliant. Because, no, he absolutely would have. He would have been, if you're going to stretch that far with Santa Claus, I mean, what what's next? I mean. Right. I, I, I have no doubt he would probably be one of those people, like, you know that song, you know, Baby It's Cold Outside? He would be one of the apologists for that song. Uh, yeah. Oh, almost certainly he is. He, he absolutely would. Yeah. He, he would somehow string that into this. I, I guarantee it. It's no yeah. You'd be like, it's 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 not rapey at all. You know, it's yeah, it's yeah. about it's a call for, you know, good uh, uh, good hospitality. <laughs> no, no, you can't say that with a straight face. It's like uh, but yeah. I mean, I I don't know what to add on all of those uh, quotes, right? I mean, what's there to add? This this movie is just absolutely devastatingly awful but still watchable i don't yeah. know it's still watchable and there's uh, moments where i'm just like what are what are you what are you getting at kirk it's it's in it's what's it's confounding that's the best way to yeah. say it this movie is absolutely confounding in so many different ways that you need to watch this movie at least once if you're into bad movies I mean, this right here really just takes the cake. It's, if you're into bad movies. If you're into bad movies, especially, <laughs> but also if you're a Christian, yeah, watch this at least once because it will, if, because oh, it will piss you advice. off. No, it will Look, piss you off. 
Look from a from a scriptural standpoint, there is actually a a uh, thing that not a lot of people talk about, but it, there is a righteous anger and an unrighteous anger, and I strongly feel like my anger was righteous coming very out of this much, movie. Very much so, yeah. <laughs> very, it's righteous indignation. That's what you feel watching this movie. Yeah, that th- that is actually the perfect way to sum up the experience. Yes, the, righteous indignation. Yeah, ba- basically, if you haven't watched the Cinema Snob episode on this, that's like, one. I mean, if if you want the best like righteous indignation from an atheist perspective, that's the best video to watch because he tears that movie a new asshole, much like he did Old Fashioned. <laughs> which, oh, that movie. But yeah, this movie is not nearly as frustrating as that movie it's not as offensive not as offensive but it it's still infuriating yeah and, and like i said the arguments here are such nothing burgers that compared to a lot of the more insane conspiratorial war on christmas people it's it's i don't want to call it completely benign but i mean it's just it's not really substantial yeah you know there, there's not a whole lot of meat to the bone here as much as it pains me to say that as a vegan but it's it's just a bit it's it's not the worst most offensive thing out there it's just watch it and then be prepared to just say yeah kirk you're wrong you're wrong you're all wrong much like he did yeah. in, in that fucking car i I don't hate the fact that like I watched this movie like I feel like it it definitely like like started a rabbit trail uh of like questions that like I'd had over the years and like had finally like gotten answers to and like looked up things did like research that like I had been like putting off for years um but yeah, I definitely think that this movie is like one of those films, like as from a Christian standpoint, it it definitely makes you like I feel like the appropriate response to this movie is like do your homework and like make the decision for yourself whether or not you should continue celebrating Christmas. You know, if you're do you side with Darren or do you side with Kurt? I feel like that's kind of the ultimate thing that this movie boils down to. Again, I really feel like a lot of this movie is like really stretching and it it has all the charms of all the charm of the the toilet, the turd I flushed the toilet this morning. So <laughs> Oh no, you didn't, you didn't flush Mr. Hanky, did you? Damn it. Nah, nah, damn it. Christmas nah, is over. He's, Christmas he's, is canceled. <laughs> he's the he's still got another another couple of weeks, so you know, we'll, we'll see him yet. <laughs> hell yeah ash what do you think um kurt cameron's saving christmas is a disaster but it's it's an enjoyable disaster at the end of it for me i i i uh i'm angry at it but i'm also just confounded by it yeah (laughs) it's it it's just it just is you know in some ways, the Room of Christmas movies just not uh, not as enjoyable as the Room. Obviously, <laughs> no. The the Room is infinitely watchable. This is just kind of sort of watchable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
anyway, yeah, I think that that's about all that can really be said about this movie. So, uh, I have, is, I yes, have go ahead. One more thing I want to say about this movie. So, okay, yeah, I was like trying to think. I found it. All right, cool. I, I found the lost uh, letterbox review I was going to read, and it says uh, that dance scene at the end cured my depression. <laughs> nice perfect amazing but yeah captain nostalgia for i mean you've been on this uh we've done this a few years now uh for those uh who may be new who may not know what you do on victims and villains uh go ahead and uh plug your uh, organization and everything yeah, so while we're on the topic of depression, uh, Victims and Villains is a organization that and nonprofit that and podcast network that specifically creates content to uh, talk to people, uh, to educate and engage individuals on mental health through pop culture. And all of our episodes, all of our content that we create, whether it is uh, YouTube shorts or uh, movie reviews, podcasts about general pop culture, open conversations about mental health, our horror podcasts, our anime podcasts. They're all targeted with the demographic to let you know that you are loved, that you have value, and that you have worth. And no matter how bad it gets, you guys can uh, find a plethora of resources on our website at victimsandvillains.net forward slash hope. And while you're there, check out our podcasts, all of our links to our social media. And if you're a filmmaker, consider submitting your film to our film festival, uh, Horrific Hope. Yeah, you've been doing that at least a couple of years now, right? Uh, this is our second year coming up, and I, I can't, I can't announce it on the podcast on what we're doing this year coming up i can tell you guys uh after if you guys would like to know but we have a pretty pretty sweet announcement that we got locked in earlier this year that i've been itching to announce awesome. but yeah we awesome. have a pretty cool lineup um and it's just a good time yeah we uh we got to do we had several like we had a few world premieres last year at our, at our inaugural film festival um, we had podcasts that were linked to it. We had mental health resources, both regionally and uh, domestically and locally for those in attendance. Uh, we ran a uh, raffle and we premiered films. We had films literally screened from all over the world, uh, tackling everything from cannibalism, a high quality dinner, at dinner to uh, supernatural slashers. And everything in between, and uh, it was just—it was a really, really awesome time. And yeah, it's going to be April fourteenth and fifteenth this upcoming year in Winchester, Virginia, at the Alamo Draft House. Wow! So yeah, is this your uh, first time uh, hosting it at a uh, physical space, like since COVID, or? Mm -hmm. No, so we we did a test run for it uh, during one of our live streams a couple years ago. And it had a really positive response. And so we opened it up to do it at a physical um, earlier la earlier this year. And uh, the Alamo Draft House worked with us, gave us uh, some really cool uh, setup last year, had awesome staff. 
I just honestly feel like I can't say enough good things about the Alamo. And uh, we had one of the filmmakers come on to uh, one of our podcasts and talk about it. And I love the quote that he has. And if you guys have never been to an Alamo draft house, it is the church for cinephiles. Yeah, it's like the best way that so, I can describe yeah. it. <laughs> awesome, man. That That is so awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah, and yeah, definitely check out Victims and Villains. Like, we've done live streams with them before. Uh, Look for more of that in the coming years or or whatever. Like, we're definitely always open to uh, help with the cause of mental health awareness and suicide prevention and whatnot. So, yeah, we're happy to be a part of it, and we're happy to see that everything is kind of expanding for you guys. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And as for uh, Collateral Gaming, Ash, what is coming up down the pipeline for that? Well, we're actually going to be featuring uh, Dan Rockwood from Victims and Villains on our Link Between Worlds episode. So we should be recording part one uh, this, this, uh, within the next couple days. And then uh, part two later that, that month, uh, this month, I should say, our, our holiday special is going to be uh, part two of God of War Ragnarok, where we're going to get into full spoiler details and everything. And that game is fucking amazing. So uh, yeah. an awesome Christmas present, I, I, I would say. Um, we'll probably do something for the bonus round that's holiday themed. I think uh, we were talking about doing like an angry video game nerd episode or something. Yeah, like like the best angry video game nerd uh, Christmas episodes. Yeah, and you you were you were gonna be on that one. Yeah, um, and I think we're gonna do a director's cut as well, a special a Christmas special where we talk about Adult Swim uh, holiday episodes. So. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, this month by now um, we should have had out either. The Love Guru or I Am Here Now, whichever one we're doing first. I think we're going to do I Am Here Now first. Yeah. And then I think after this, the last week of December, our, our, our next episode should be uh, The Love Guru. So December is kind of a bad movie month yeah. for Collateral Cinema. December is now a Zelda month for Collateral Gaming. We're going to make that a thing as well. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. That's the plan. Yeah. Zelda feels like a very holiday type of uh, gaming franchise in a way, you know? Yeah. What what are we doing in the month of January, Bo? Oh, let me think. I believe we're doing Silent Hill. Yeah, I believe so. Silent Hill and uh, something else. I want to say Clueless, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Clueless yeah. and Silent Hill. Um, so that's what we're coming up in, with in the new year on Collateral Cinema. Stay tuned. Um, make sure that you, uh, yeah, you check out our other December month uh december movies if you enjoy bad movies yes and uh also uh check us out on patreon we may even have a uh holiday themed uh full-length movie commentary exclusive for our patrons i believe we may as well go ahead and announce it it'll be the 2006 uh, edition of black christmas yeah Good old-fashioned, trashy exploitation cinema from the 2000s. You gotta uh, love it, you know? It's, 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 I, it's a very silly movie. You don't like that movie? No, I, no. I, I, find it to I be- would prefer... Hmm. That movie... Once they, once they were like incest, I was like, I'm out. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's fair. I that's haven't fair seen enough. it yet, so... Yeah. I just, I just take it as just a dumb exploitation movie, you know? So, of yeah. course, it's going to have something like incest in it. It's, exploitation, okay. Yeah, that's kind of par for the course with that type of 
cinema in many ways with that context in mind but something yeah. to look forward to i think for us uh, robert was was uh, interested in that yeah he wanted to do that i mean it, it's i just see it as a very dumb silly movie and it has Lacey chabert in it so <laughs> you know but yeah look for that coming very soon and yes look for new content from collateral gaming as well and also look for uh, some live streams coming after the first of the year like yeah we're gonna have our live stream uh capabilities back and also ash is going to be able to do let's plays again so yeah it would be great yeah yeah so at least for the patron content on uh, collateral gaming and then yeah look forward to like a, a live stream event we we would actually love to do something i think yeah like you said yeah, for well, the first of the year yeah at, like maybe what i would like to do is maybe a end of the year retrospective where we just play a game and then just take a q a from people about you know just the world of the world of cinema and the state of cinema and the state of gaming in like uh, 2022 or something like that yeah so it'll be a collateral media yeah it, yeah it'll be a collateral media very much so so yeah look for that yeah i mean i'm excited uh to get into the streaming game because you know we, we've done a lot of uh fun streaming events with you josh and that, that that's been a lot of fun lots of fun definitely oh we we will have uh one announced uh by the end of the year our next one awesome hell yeah you, you can count us in on that i mean you know it so <laughs> <laughs> you know we, we love taking up the uh, late night spot the late night that, that's that's our domain man it's like uh we can maybe we can start doing the low budget late night that way <laughs> yeah something like that exactly or maybe that needs to be something to stream Something to stream. Low budget late night? Yeah. Something like that. Maybe. I that don't could know. be like a live stream. That'd be interesting. Just a thought. But anyway, folks. Uh, yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Festivus. Kwanzaa. Hanukkah. Whatever you celebrate. Happy. Have a happy, happy time. Uh, I know that we are. You know, it's the time where we focus on family, bro. Family. Family. It's about family, bro. When you're here, <laughs> you're family. Exactly. I like Olive Garden. Exactly. And that's why you should join our collateral media. Uh, podcasts Facebook group because when you're here, you're family. Absolutely, you're part of the family. Get, get a, <laughs> take part in the shit posting and 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 cinema and gaming news and pop culture related news. Yeah, so whether it's ra- whether it's like wrestling, movies, anime, uh, cartoons, comics, anything. You know? Yeah, yeah, just pretty much anything pop culture related. Yeah, come come to Collateral Media Podcasts and uh, yeah, shit post with us. Hell yeah. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for as long as Twitter remains a thing. As long, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, it's funny at work. I'm actually, we're, we're developing a, uh, a mock, uh, we're, we're developing a full stack application uh, with, as a team. So uh, I'm actually in charge of the back end, and there's some other guys that are going to do the front end with REST. But anyway, we're, we're actually building a mock, like, like a, pair, a, a Twitter like a social media where we're, we're the project uh, concept was like do like something like a social media banking application etc so we chose social media and we're making like a mock twitter oh wow just to kind of make fun of it actually that's hilarious yeah yeah that's amazing so that, that's what's going on in the world of uh, my software engineering career <laughs> nice <laughs> but yes every, everybody happy holidays merry christmas happy kwanzaa festivus as well as whatever you celebrate like what ash said and uh, once again thank you to captain nostalgia from victims and villains for joining us but of course hell yeah hell yeah so with all of that said i'm bo maddox 
And I am your god, Kirk Cameron. <laughs> no, I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Captain Nostalgia. And this was Collateral Cinema with Victims and Villains. And ladies and gentlemen, don't be a fucking idiot like Kirk Cameron. Don't be a fucking idiot. Merry fucking Christmas. Cinema is a collateral media podcast. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.